Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. Uh, I'm on my own if you're watching, if you're listening on the audio and the podcast. Uh, you will see an interview with uh, the founder and CEO of Glamazel, an e-commerce, a beauty e-commerce platform, Nilam Kaswani. It's a brilliant, brilliant interview. I was completely inspired and impressed by her story. E-commerce is not an easy space, uh, but how Nilam learned from six years at the entertainer to set this up, uh, self-funded with her partner in 2015, growing it to over 10,000 products, uh, product lines, 70,000 customers, uh, and how they adapted during the pandemic. Uh, they flipped from doing mostly color cosmetics, which I had to be explained what that is, and then also right into skincare products. It's a brilliant story. It's a brilliant Dubai story. Neelam talks to us about how she, all the different partners and all the other companies, which you'll know of, that she, that she works with along the way. Um, how they uh, she was interviewed in her office in Business Bay, and behind her was the stock. That's the you know they handpack everything, um, and that's how they've grown. So it's an amazing story. Uh, it's the last one of this year. It's episode uh, Ali. What have we got? Episode number ninety three, ninety four, ninety three. I think yeah. Episode number ninety three. It's been a great another year of great uh, interviews. Met some amazing people. And uh, we're closing out for the year. Enjoy the interview with uh, Nilam Kaswani. Good morning, Nilam. Good morning. Welcome to Dubai Works. Good to have you on. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> Great. Yeah, so really interesting to chat to you. Uh, I, I'm not a shopper on Glamazelle, but it looks very impressive what you've achieved there. Uh, can you tell a bit about your journey and uh, what, the, what, the, what the company is? So I started Glamazelle.com because uh, I love makeup, you know, so what you see right behind me is my, it's my candy land. You know, I love, love, love coming to offices because I get to try new things and, um, and yeah, you know, I, I just turned my uh, love for makeup and my business acumen and I put the two together and I started Glamazelle.com. Uh, I used to have a lot of my friends and family actually check out my makeup collection and they used to say, hey, where did you get this from? Where did you get that from? And, you know, I started ordering small, small things for friends and family. And of course, you know, I would just, you know, just do it as a favor for them. And eventually I saw there was such a huge gap in 2013 that, you know, I joined hands with a friend of mine and I started, I actually was working in his business and trying to grow this uh, category in his business. However, that was not his, uh, you know, that was not the path that he wanted to follow. So that's when I decided to, you know, part ways with that company and start something of my own. And yeah, and I started Glamazelle out of my house. It started from my bedroom and two months into the business, it went so crazy that me and my business partner picked up this office and we moved into this office in Business Bay. Wow, love it. But all the good stories start like that from a small space, right? Because you can yeah. kind of you can really feel into it and you can feel what the customers want and you get all those things, the nitty-gritty things right from the start. 
Exactly. So just to let you know, I don't have any customers. We've got only 70,000 friends. So I always say this in every single interview or any single forum that I go that I have zero customers. I have 70,000 friends because we've had, yeah, we've had people who actually, you know, we've got, I've got friends who actually send me. Now these are customers who end up buying stuff, but they also send me things. They send me new things to try on and they're like, Hey, you know what? Try this. I think you'll like it. And then you should reach out to the brand and probably bring them here. So, you know, uh, I, that's why I always tell people that what you really need to do is you should be able to turn your customer into your best friend. And that's how, you know, that's, that's the way I think my success is because I treat every single customer as my own and as my own good friend and everyone gets a special service. And that's very important for any business to survive. I feel it's just so many things we can talk about, but it's this sort of, you know, Amazon have obviously pioneered and led the way globally on e-commerce and they, Jeff Bezos often kind of is quoted as saying that to be obsessed with customer centric focus. Um, yes. But how can you, how can you, you know, how can you give 70,000 friends enough time and attention? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and how do you manage it? How do you, how do you kind of scale that? So you you know, uh, what I have done is I've actually uh, duplicated this. So, you know, you, what is very important is that you should be able to duplicate and, uh, you know, train your team to be the same, right? And I learned this from my ex-boss because, you know, it was so funny. Uh, I used to work at the entertainer before this. And if you ever heard any of our pitches, all our pitches used to be the same. It's is because this, we were all... Tana Benton. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, she's my, uh, you know, I dedicate a lot of my success to her because she actually trained me. I was a web developer and a web designer for her. Yeah. And I went from there to leaving her six, six years later as a group operations director. I used to head UAE, Oman, Bahrain and Qatar, you know, and I've learned so much from her. And it's just because she, you know, I used to see her. She used to take me with her for meetings when I initially started in 2002, you know, and, uh, and I learned from there and you won't believe it. A lot of the, all of her clients came to me then and I used to handle them. And they used to say this, that you guys speak so similar and that's very important. And I think that's the reason and that's the success to her business. And that's the success I think is for my business because I've been able to duplicate this, you know, into my team and every single team member of mine has been instructed that if a customer calls up, listen to the customer first. If the customer shouts at you, Tell the customer to calm down, first of all. And what I really want is everyone to be happy. You know, uh, I always say this to every single person. I'm in the business of making everyone happy. Yeah. Because I want to be happy. You know, when I receive a shipment, you should see the, you should see the excitement. You know, I go crazy. I really go crazy. You know, that I, every time there's a shipment, I'm the first one to jump on it. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. What is in there? And, you know, I'll open everything. And that, you know, that glee, that thing, that sparkle in my eye. And I think that's what I want to see in customers. You know, if a customer comes back saying that I love it, you know, what you sent to me came perfectly in the perfect shape, in the perfect temperature. That's what you want. You know, that's what you really want from your customer. And that's how, and then they turn into your marketing tool and they go out and talk about you to three different people. And there you go. You've just multiplied your, uh, you know, business three times. Plus you've actually not had a lot of spending to it. 
Mm. So, so you you started this in February 2015, and you've grown right. to over 300 brands with 10,000 SKUs, different yeah. things like the ordinary drunk elephant, Glow Recipe, Elf, Tata Harper, and many more. These aren't brands I'm familiar with, but I'm sure some <laughs> listeners will get it. Um, and uh, you know, lifetime value of customers, 10,000 years. These are things that that you know that you use to measure the growth of the company. Yeah. Neil, can I ask, like, you know, how did you, from a web developer and from someone working with entertainer, e-commerce is quite difficult. How did you, from the idea to the building the platform, to it, it's you know, you it the idea basically from spotting some of the brands that you love that weren't available in the region, but many people can have that feeling whether it's their, you know, in, in makeup for you and beauty, but for other people in different uh, things like maybe in ingredients in, in food or in sports or brands, but to actually make it happen is, is the hardest part. So how did you make it happen? So, you know, I reached out to all the brands. Of course, there were a lot of shutdowns. There were a lot of, you know, sorry, we're not interested. But over time, they started seeing the kind of business we could commit to. I remember when I first brought in a brand, they didn't even ship to the UAE. They did not even know how to ship to the UAE. They actually sent me four humongous boxes via post. And I actually set up their FedEx account. I helped them, you know, uh, get out of uh, USA. And we became so strong together that there was a time when we were actually talking to the brand and seeing if we could become a brand of theirs, you know, a franchise of theirs here. However, they had a different way forward and, you know, we still do a lot of their business, uh, you know, for the UAE, and we are the only authorized retailer over here in the UAE. However, uh, you know, uh, I, I, what I really, really wanted to do was go out to each single brand and ensure that I get a dollar to dirham pricing, which was very important for me. I know it even backfires sometimes because, you know, it's cheaper than uh, an offline store over here. And then people start thinking, oh, because it's cheap, it's fake. But, you know, that's when I actually sit down with customers. I've had a customer who came to me for a particular brand, which was sold in the stores over here. And the price of this lip set was 175 dirhams offline. And we were selling it for 129. And I told the customer, okay, you know what? Let's go to the U.S. website and let's do some calculations. And she's like, okay. I'm like, it's sold for $29. Yeah, you convert it into 3.82, which is a you know credit card conversion fees. Uh, it comes to 110 dirhams. I'm like, I'm still charging you 19 dirhams extra. However, if you are happy to pay me that extra 50 dirhams, I'm happy to take it. I will take it as a tip for myself. And you won't believe it. That customer, her lifetime value today is 28,000 dirhams. Okay, amazing. So you took the time to explain it. It goes back to what you're saying, giving them the attention. But uh, the lifetime value, is that sort of a multiple... Just to explain like how you calculate that. Is that what they've spent or the potential spending power? No, so this is what they have spent in the last six years. Okay. Oh, so lifetime value is what is up until now what they've spent. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So going back to, you know, you did web development and then you managed the team and operations and things like that. Uh, did you design the website and do the, did you do web development? No. <laughs> So my business partner has done that. He is a tech genius. I call him a tech genius because he set up the website um, in two days. Wow. So we actually had everything. The reason why we got delayed 
was because of the payment gateway and the integration of the uh, courier companies and everything. That's what took time. However, we were ready by the, uh, I remember uh, I spoke to him on the 19th of January and by the 22nd of January, he had everything ready, everything. Wow. And we, we took, yeah, this is 2015. And I know the reason we took so much time was we wanted to make sure our payment gateway and PayPal were connected. And so that's what, so that's what took time. Uh, but yeah, you know, once we started on the 4th of February till 10th, we were a little slow. I don't know what happened on the 10th of February, 2015. We started clocking every day, 26 to 50 orders. And by the end of February, we were crossing a hundred orders daily. How, how did that happen? Was it, was it, did you do marketing or was it from the search traffic? Uh, what was the main driver? I So I remember at those days, there was a really famous uh, blogger. You know, she had 60,000 followers and she reposted about us saying that, hey, you know what? Uh, so-and-so has started her own company and we need to support her. And it just went viral. It just went crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I went to sleep on the 10th of February. I wake up on 11th of February and I see 28 orders. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. What happened here? You know? Yeah. Well, at least when, you know, when, when people, when the, they drove the traffic to your side, everything was working. So credit to getting the tech bit right. Um, who was the influencer? Give them a shout out. No, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, you know, I don't feel right, you know, because yeah, there's so there's many, many other influencers there's many and bloggers who, you know, support us. But yeah, yeah she was amongst the first few. Um, and, you know, she still is one of my customers. Believe it or not, she's such a huge influencer, but she still buys from us. Okay, and you know, she always tells me, I don't want anything free. I'm going to support your business by buying from your business. That's great to hear. Good, good influencer story. Uh, with the, the payment and the checkout, how did you choose a gateway back then in 2015? And are you using the same ones or do you keep changing the tech? Uh, so we're using the same ones. We're using paytabs.com. A big shout out to them because <laughs> I always, always, always keep saying that they are fantastic. They're technologically very, very, very out there. And uh, the, the, you know, there were not a lot of options. There was either I go with Network International or I go with uh, uh, Paytabs. And the CEO of Paytabs was also a young entrepreneur at that time, Abdulaziz Al-Jawf. He's my best friend. Hey, Jawf, if you're listening to this. <laughs> and, you know, uh, six years down the lane, they're doing fantastic. They've been, uh, they've been invested a couple of times. Their technology is changing next year. And they're doing really good. And honestly, I'm the kind of believer. I don't believe in uh, reinventing the wheel. If I'm happy with something, why do you want to shake that? Why do you want to change it? Let's just go with it. Let's go with the flow. And I don't think I've faced ever any issue with them. We've not had a single chargeback. We've not had a single fraud hit us. And yeah, you know, so I don't see a reason why I should be changing them to anyone else. I, we do get approached by everyone, a lot of people. But uh, yeah, I'm very happy. And at those days, uh, because he was young entrepreneur, he was just new. I was his fifth customer, by the way. Glamazel was their fifth customer. And yeah, you know, I, I, I don't see why I should be uh, changing them. Even today, I know they're going into a new version and we are facing some glitches, but it's all getting fixed. And, you know, uh, day after tomorrow, that's on Saturday, we'll be live with the new payment gateway from them. And yeah, I hope to continue this relationship. Interesting. Yeah, because there's so many different facets to e-commerce and we'll talk about the trends in, in a second. But as well as part of the story, the name Glamazel, how did you come up with that? Okay, so this is really, really interesting. I am 
a very, very big fan of Devil Wears Prada, the movie Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. I've watched that yeah. movie at least nothing less than 200 times. Okay. Okay. okay? So yeah. it's my lunch movie. Whenever I'm having lunch, I, you know, it just gives me that oomph and it gives me that, you know, thing that I need to like do something. It's my motivation movie. Yeah. And over uh, there, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's based on a book as well, isn't it? Yeah, I've read all the books. I've read all the books. I've even read the latest version of, you know, the continuation of Devil Wears Prada. And, uh, and, you know, and it's, and there's a word that, you know, Anna Hathaway's best friend calls her. And that is, uh, you're such, you've become a glamazon. And that means a very tall and a very assertive uh, lady, you know. And I was like, hey, you know what? And that just stuck to me. Like us, yeah. Yeah, and then I was like, okay, you know, what we're aiming for is to make you look glamazel, you know, glamorous and dazzling. So we, you know, we squashed the two together and made it glamazel. Love it. Uh, and how do you kind of, do you focus on the customers and your friends, of course, but do you want to build that brand and that name? Or are you more focused on making sure that the products and the offering that you have, is it, is it back to that sort of solving the problem of, brands that you wanted in the region aren't available. So you're focusing on having as much selection as possible. Yeah, that's right. So we're trying to bring in brands which are not available. And that's our, that's what we pride ourselves on. But the second thing is we also have our own brand. We also have our own brand of lipsticks called Glamberry, which is also a brand. And I do want to develop and eventually I do want to come up with my own brand of cosmetic range however i don't want to go into mainstream cosmetic range i want to do more of uh, so we have our super matte liquid lipsticks and we're, we're working on coming up a few more things but like i said i don't want to go into mainstream where i have foundations concealers you know eyeshadow palettes brush sets and everything uh, we did come up with a brush set at the uh, you know on our second anniversary which was a super hit it the brush set was just basically to give away free to uh free to, uh, you know, uh, you know, free to customers. It was just, uh, we gave it away to top 25 or top 50 of our customers. And that was it. And I got a few extras to give away, you know, in future as well. And uh, that's where we got the idea that we need to come up with our own uh, line because that brush set was so, so, so appreciated and loved. We decided to come up with our own brand of lipsticks called Glamberry. And that is actually dedicated to all the women in mine and my business partner, Roshan Harif's uh, life, you know. So we've got a shade called Princess, which was my football t-shirt name. And <laughs> we've got Diva, my niece. We've got Jasmine, Roshan's mom. Ruby, his sister. And, you know, so we've dedicated. And then, you know, the team has got their own lipsticks and their own names. So there's a very dark shade of lipstick, which is dedicated to the, uh, one of my operations manager. You know, her name is Namrata and she, her pseudo name is Eleanor. So that's where the lipstick has come from. So that way, you know, so, and the rest of the names are all names of queens. And, you know, it's just, just making women feel like they're very precious. So we've got Majesty, D Dynasty, Sultana. So it basically, all of them mean queens and uh, princess, that way it is, or diva and everything. Interesting. So the product thing is, is obviously something that, you know, e-commerce platforms can do. They can have their own ranges. Uh, and you mentioned before you had some sort of physical bricks and mortar places. That do you have stores no. or no? It's all no. online. It's all, all online. Yeah, I'm. I'm very e-commerce person. I believe online. I honestly, I don't even go to the malls to shop. I know it's yeah. a very wrong thing to say, you know, but uh, 
yeah, I like shopping. I, I'm crazy uh, shopper. You know, I love to shop, but I shop online a lot. And uh, yeah, I have a bag coming from somewhere or the other almost every other day. That's great. Uh, hopefully from your own site as well, maybe sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Well, you already have the stock. So just talk it on that point, the 70,000 friends, customers, uh, which markets are they in? Is it, are you Pan Arab or are you mainly in UAE? So we're mainly UAE. As of uh, 2019, we grew and we went into entire GCC. And then the, uh, our, so we were available at, until last year, we were in uh, Dubai, we were in UAE, Oman, Bahrain, Qatar, all the places that's uh, Kuwait, Saudi. But then because of the political ties, we had to stop Qatar. But what we did was uh, at the start of 2020, we included Northern Africa. So we also shipped to Egypt, Morocco, Algeria, uh, uh, bits of the Central Africa as well. We've gone a little bit higher in the Levant where we shipped to Jordan and to Lebanon as well. And we do have customers who come up and buy. And, uh, and then we carry this particular brand of shampoo conditioner, which a lot of customers are not able to find across the globe. So they actually order and we ship them to UK as well. But that's a very one-off uh, and that's just a special delivery that we do for customers. Okay. So you're mainly focused on the region. And where do you stock everything? You mentioned the office in Business Bay. Is that, is that your headquarters? Yeah. Here. It's all here. <laughs> really? Everything? Wow. Everything sits in this office. So we've got three walls covered with uh, a stock. I've yeah. got racks up and it's all the way, it's got three walls and then we've got a glass wall. And the reason I did this was because, like I said, I want to breathe everything that I saw. I want to know what is here, what is not. And I'm a very, I'm a micromanaging person. I like everything to go right under my nose. I want to know, I want to be aware of everything that's happening in my business. Yeah. Even if we grow from uh, 10 employees to 200 employees, I think I'll always remain like that, where I want to know everything. So you can, and then you can manage the kind of packaging and you can make sure that it's exactly. on and everything. Exactly. So there are a lot of customers who I know and, you know, when it rings a bell to me, when a, you know, when a customer service person is talking to so-and-so person, I'm like, oh, say hi to her or, you know, say, uh, and then I'll just quickly write a small note and I'll slip it in. And, you know, I think these are the kind of things that really helps and, you know, customers get happy to receive a surprise. Yeah, so, I, yeah, and then I'll probably pick up something from, you know, my stash of things that I have here, the goodies, and I'll just put something and I'll write a note and I'll just, you know, send it across. And I, I, Again, you can see why they would return. So uh, also then on the shipping part of it, do you partner with someone or how do you kind of do the delivery? Oh, I have, uh, believe it or not, I always tell this to my, uh, all my Korea guys. I'm like, guys, can I tell you something? If I was to start a Korea company, it would be super hit because I've tried and tested so many Korea companies. I've worked with nearly eight different Korea companies and we finalized on three. Okay. And we only work with these three and that's it. So one of them is Fetcher, of course. We've been doing business with Fetcher since day one. One is Elite Airborne where again, I've been doing business with them since day one. And recently we've added ShipHawk who are doing a phenomenal job. So I'm happy to probably lose one of the others, but ShipHawk is doing fantastic. It's, they're doing a great job. I'm very happy with them. Amazing. It's very interesting to see because it's a real nice Dubai e-commerce digital success story because you have to make all these decisions. You obviously learned from an entrepreneur here. You put together a team, you went through all the different 
processes, all your selection things. So it's, it's great to hear. Uh, well done. <laughs> Not finished, Thank but you. well done. Well, well, I'm set, well, I'm impressed as well. Um, but on the, so uh, e-commerce is traditionally associated with scale and raising funds. Is that a route that you went down with Amazon? So yes, uh, we are, uh, just to start off with, just to let you know, we're completely self-funded. We, right. It's all my money and Roshan's money in here. And we've until uh, 2020, we had decided not to go for funding. And, you know, we thought we'd grow it with our own money. We're a completely profitable company. So, you know, I do not think I needed right. external money. But at the, uh, at the end of 2019, we did speak to a venture capitalist company and we were going to sign our LOI and our term sheets and everything in March. And uh, I think we got a confirmation from them on the 20th of March and 25th of March, we went to lockdown and they pulled back saying that, hey, you know what, the first category that's going to get affected in business <laughs> is going to be your category because it's luxury. At the end of the day, it's luxury. You know, yeah. the first thing you'll cut off is, you know, probably buying an expensive skincare, expensive serum or something. Right. And uh, I was like, OK, you know, I understand that part of it. And honestly, you know, come March, I was also very scared that what if we don't survive this pandemic but can i tell you the opposite happened uh, for a lot of people the pandemic was a pandemic for me it was a blessing in disguise because we were crazy busy yeah. crazy busy we were working twice a week and we would work from nine to two which was the actual hours you could work as per the government regulations and we would pack close to 200 to 250 orders mm. and it was backbreaking it was insane and but you know I, I was impressed I was I was impressed with what my team could do and what you know everyone came to work I had given everyone the opportunity and I told everyone it's your decision if you want to come to work or not but if you do decide to come to work we will take care of your conveyance and I made sure no one was taking any kind of uh, and uh, and my customer service team would use my Kareem account and they all would come, you know, to work using either Kareem or a taxi. And I was very clear that you don't need to take public transport. You can take a taxi and we will take care of it. And uh, what we did was we actually invested in these and we gave it away to every single customer. So that's a very small pocket size uh, hand sanitizer. And okay. we gave it away to every single customer no matter what your order value was, we gave it in every single packet to every single customer. So for the podcast, Neelam was holding up a, a, sh a nice little gray packet, which, yeah, cool, looks, looks pretty cool. Um, that's a really nice gift. Yeah, so it's that, sound, uh, you know, I didn't ask at the start, but it sounds like you managed the pandemic well. And, you know, it's, it's refreshing to hear that it's almost uh, people don't really say that the pandemic was something to take advantage of, but this is what challenges are, not take advantage of, but do well in spite of and of course it's terrible what's happening and it's ongoing and it's an issue that's affected everyone but it's great that you know that lives can go on and livelihoods and yes part of uh well-being and mental health and it's it, it's amazing that you were able to keep going but i uh, did the so obviously the business did well do you have kind of numbers on that like do, do you know that if it's up or down or Oh, we, you know, start, right from the start of the year, that's right from January, we were smashing all the targets. But March, April, May, June, okay, I even would say half of July, we actually 
surpassed our target for the year just between these four and a half months. So what we had allocated for an annual target, we actually surpassed that just in those four and a half months. So what we're doing right now is just surplus. And we've already crossed our targets. We've smashed our targets. Everyone has taken their bonuses. So (laughs) the team is working. They're working, you know, honestly, from the past two days, I've been so lazy. I've barely been coming to work. And I even if I come, I'm just, you know, just lounging from the sofa to here. And doing all that, I'm trying yeah. on new skincare. But yeah, you know, uh, I, I think what the year taught us, or rather, I keep saying this: this I'm born here, I've lived here my life, and uh, Dubai has seen a lot of ups and downs. And every time we've come back, we've come back really, really strong. You know, and I feel 2021, we're going to be stronger. We're going to be more. You know, probably I have a, I personally, I have a very strong feeling that. 2021 is going to be a remarkable year for everyone. What 2020 was is just a human correction. I'm very big on humanity and spirituality. And I think it was just a way of telling humans, you need to slow down and you need to rethink and refocus. And I think everybody did that. And I think 2021, people will be more focused and people will have more clear direction. So I think it is going to be a remarkable year. That's a beautiful way of thing to say on the last day of the year (laughs) very positive positive. and yeah it's amazing but you you obviously are a positive person I'm sure there was more challenges as well it can't be all as simple as e-commerce is going to do well and people need their makeup at home because they can't get it in in a mall but were there logistic issues like was there stock stuff like could you international shipping was there issues that way in March and April well you know what I'll Yes, we did face a lot of issues when it came to logistics, you know, uh, more than that, I think the lockdown was making it difficult for deliveries. And so but I what I like I said, you know, everyone was in this together, right? So if we called up the customer and we told the customer, listen, it's going to take between two to three extra working days. Yeah, are you okay with it? And they would be completely fine. And 99% of our deliveries went paid customers were ready to pay online. They didn't want to do cash and delivery transactions. They were happy to pay online. And our courier partners did a fantastic job by making sure that they deliver and it was more uh, contactless delivery. They would leave it on the, uh, they would leave it at the door. They would spray sanitizer on it. They would ring the bell and just walk away. Mm. You know? So I noticed a lot of courier companies even changed the way they were doing business. And, uh, but I have to give a big shout out to the courier guys and especially the delivery guys I would say, uh, apart from the doctors and the nurses and the frontliners, they were the second frontliners who did a phenomenal job. They actually put their lives at risk and they, were, they would go door to door delivering and everything. And I've got very high regards for them and very high regards for Korea companies because they did a phenomenal job. In terms of logistic internationally, uh, I think uh, I think there wasn't it wasn't affected much, you know, because we weren't coming to the office. I would get everything delivered to my house. <laughs> And so, yeah, you know, so that was the only part of it. So, you know, I had turned uh, a mini office into my house as well. And I do, I would receive stock and I would check stocks and everything. And yeah, and I would get everything up. And uh, yeah, so, but we saw a major shift in buying, major shift in buying. In buying, uh, sorry, in, in terms of what people, uh, yeah. general quantity but also did you see different behavior types and different demands yes. products yes 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 so of course color cosmetics completely took a shutdown mm. so we sold maybe one or 1.5 percent of our business came from colored cosmetics 
and uh, 99% of our business came from skincare and you know skincare basically uh, face washes concealer and uh, not concealers face wash uh, scrubs you know i was what i was really shocked to see is a lot of people buying body scrubs and body baths and body uh, salts and everything i think it was their way of calming themselves down and you know probably pampering themselves uh, skincare did phenomenal phenomenal and extra hygiene and things like that. But just, can you explain what you mean by the color? I, I probably don't understand, but. Is, <laughs> <laughs> and what so was the percentage before? Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's start from 2019 to 2020. 2019, colored cosmetics is basically makeup. That's your lipsticks and your eyeliners, your foundations, your blushes, and you know the whole nine yards when it comes to makeup. Um, that's called colored cosmetics because it's colored and you have to use it. But because of the lockdown, we were not going out a lot, so you know um, that took a that took a back seat. And, uh, and earlier, how, how, how much of your business was that in the last? Eighty percent. Wow, the big shift. And so, but you were lucky you already had the other products as well. Yes, yes. So, you know, uh, that was our strategy for, you know, 2019. We wanted to grow and we wanted to add a lot more skincare. And uh, come to 2020, we were really, really big on skincare. And we did notice that, you know, majority of our business had already started moving and we were doing 50-50. But uh, come March, uh, we saw a massive shift. We went completely uh, on a literally i would say zero on colored cosmetics which is makeup and more on skincare and i think it was because kids had already stopped going to school from the first week of march and moms had that extra 20 minutes or 30 minutes where they could do you know an extra routine and skincare routine well hey you know what i shouldn't even say this i did a 30-day face mask challenge where i did a face mask every single day for 30 days why not say it it's brilliant I love it. What about, do you do these, what do you do for marketing and how do you go about that? Is it all performance marketing or do you tell stories like that as well? Uh, so, yeah, you know, uh, it was a lot of, a bit of both, you know, so we did do a lot of, uh, uh, you know, we try to explain, we did a lot of educational videos where we try to explain to customers how things were getting packed, how it was getting shipped and, uh, you know, all of that. So customers were very safe in terms of uh, very happy in terms of receiving a shipment because they knew it was coming to them fully sanitized and everything. Uh, apart from that, we made sure our stock cycle and we kept you know, pushing out every restock that happened. So we were restocking nearly three times a week, you know, and which was not the case earlier. So we actually increased our uh, ordering cycle. So we went into a three-phase cycle where it would be ordered in transit. Uh, it would be stock in transit, stock ordered, and stock in hand. We, we did this cycle, and it worked fantastically. You know, the girls, uh, both my buyers were working nearly 24 hours, and they kept making sure they knew the trend, what was selling, what was not. And we had stock of everything that was selling. So we actually never took a cut down or, you know, nobody said that, oh, you know, you're out of stock with this, you're out of stock with that. So we kept, you know, that cycle churning very very fast and then um, yeah you know i think uh, uh, again you know a lot of influencers and a lot of bloggers kept talking about how they received their shipment we um, you know uh, i made sure that we take a video of how everything is packed so they would see that the team is wearing gloves they're wearing their face mask and every time we would pack a shipment we would spray on it and then we would put it into the bag and we would seal the bag and we would spray on the bag as well and we would keep them aside for 15 minutes and then the courier company would come. Wow. And then, you know, so that's how we did everything. 
so people would trust that they've been sanitized and the products are safe. Yes. And yes. if you were to, so the referrals and where the traffic comes from and the customers, is there a particular platform that does better for you? Is it Google or Facebook or Instagram? I think it is Google and Instagram. Yeah. Uh, especially we've noticed that every time we do a post for something that's not selling uh, and, you know, every time we do a post or a story about it, we will see sales on that particular product. Okay. So, you know, so when we start, start seeing a slight slowdown on a particular brand or a particular product, we will push it out on our social media, especially our Instagram. We'll do a story, we'll do a, you know, post on it. We'll talk about it. We we'll try to get, you know, reviews on it and things and we post it and we we'll start seeing an immediate sales on the item. Uh, another thing that gets us a lot of business is Google shopping. Yeah. So because our SEO is very strong, we have a very strong SEO and uh, all thanks to Rosh, Rosh and his team because they're doing a phenomenal job. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we do get a lot of orders from the Google shopping and you put in a product name and you'll see us in the first row with the shopping so you can buy from there. So that generates us a lot of revenue. Yeah, sounds very smart. So just moving on to a few other things, because I want to talk about e-commerce trends in general. Uh, what, what do you think of the kind of, trends of direct to consumer where it's you know one product brands and things like that oh uh, so you know <laughs> i will stick and i would say that uh you like know, even subscription elements of like perishable items and and that sort of product. yeah of course you know can i tell you something grocery is you know any grocery business is going to do fantastic and i, I think they did fantastic anyways i saw you know a massive growth in uh, I saw a lot of new players and I saw a massive growth as well, you know, in uh, in uh, the e in the e-commerce for grocery items. I, you know, I, I remember, I think, was it Deliveroo or was it Zomato? One of them started uh, delivering a grocery during the pandemic. So they actually changed their business model and did that. Yeah. And uh, you won't believe it. The website that we usually order our stationery from. Okay, they actually changed their way of working, and during the pandemic, they became a grocery website. Wow. So you could order grocery from them, and I was so impressed with that because you need to be able to, you know, uh, pivot as soon as possible, yeah. and that only happens when you're really small. And um, yeah. I know Noon started daily in during the pandemic, so yeah, you know, I I'm a very uh, on, you know, like I said, I'm very online shopping. I get my groceries online, I do my shopping online. And even, even to, I even buy my shoes online, my bags, sunglasses, everything. I'm, I'm, because I'm from this industry, I want to support the industry. So I do a lot of my shopping online. But what about the, what about the new brands that are emerging in different markets, which you bring in, 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 in this space, in the beauty space and healthcare and wellness? For example, uh, I've lately, I was buying vitamins randomly okay. when I go to the pharmacy. And never okay. the same one and there's a two for one offer and, and yeah, yeah. yeah. It was never consistent and I didn't know when I run out and etc. Mm. Uh, and then I, I found this one at UK called Heights and uh, they ship here, it's a little packet and they replace it and it's a subscription of 200 dirhams a month or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it comes every month and every day I have this exact same one. And obviously there's trends in this in toothpaste and uh, replenishable or uh, things that you can uh, that you need again and I can imagine that I will start to do that for skincare do you see a demand from customers on that sort of uh, subscription-based product shipping so I don't know about subscription-based I you know um, it's just that the pandemic did I have to tell you I did write about this on you know one of the blogs 
And I did say that there was a massive shift in buying patterns, you know, it, in the sense of uh, not product wise, but ingredient wise. If I could get a particular serum, which I was paying 800 dirhams, if I could get it for 150 dirhams, I would have made that shift, you know? And I saw a lot of customers doing that. Instead of buying a very high-end uh, niacinamide serum, they were happy to replace this high-end uh, niacinamide serum with the more you know, affordable brand because the ingredients were same. Uh, so they were ready to do that shift. I think uh, if, you know, we have, uh, we've recently added health and vitamins on our website. Okay. And I also noticed that it's, uh, you know, uh, it's brand affinity. Like, I think only if you know a brand, you will go back and pick the same brand. So we sell whey protein and the brand of whey protein that we sell, my husband doesn't use that. So I once told him, I'm like, you know, why are you buying it from the store when you could buy it from Glamazel? And, you know, I can give you a discount. You would get it at, you know, you would get it at cost price. So why would you do that? And he's like, listen, I only like this particular type of whey protein and I'm going to stick to it. I don't want to experiment. So when it comes to vitamins and when it comes to uh, things like these, I think very, very rarely people would experiment. Like, yeah. you know, when I went in and bought the vitamin C effervescence, you know, it was so common during the pandemic. Everyone was having vitamin Cs. And I went in and there's a particular brand and I always stuck to that. And they never were on sale. And uh, then there was another brand that wasn't two for one. But I never ended up buying it because I was like, you know, this works for me. So why should I, you know, go for something else? And I think that's a lot to do with, uh, you know, with such things. I think there's a lot more of uh, less trial and error. And yeah. it's more to do with you want to stick to the brand that you have. However, when it comes to skincare and makeup, you don't mind substituting it with a lower price uh, item because you want to save up and you want to make sure you have enough saved up for the rainy day. So I think that's the, that's the only difference between the two. And I think that goes with even your toothpaste or your shampoos and things. You know, yeah. these are things that people don't change very regularly. Okay. So you, and you have enough on your plate with all the beauty products and the skincare and everything. <laughs> what about uh, drop shipping and Shopify and this trend? Uh, do you see that as something that complements your business or it's a competitor? So, you know, um, uh, Shopify, we don't use Shopify. You know, Shopify is good for people, uh, is good for businesses, small businesses, I feel, you know. Someone like us who has 10,000 plus SKUs and, uh, you know, over 70,000 customers, I would end up paying a lot more to Shopify for transactions than making business so that's the reason and i have a developer in-house you know roshan has roshan is here and he has two more people in his team and when we can do things in-house uh i don't see why one needs shopify because shopify is more a plug and play mm. so it's easy for someone who's uh, not a developer and is trying to do for a smaller business you know but someone like us who's got so much we are on magento and uh, so, you know, and we have a developer in-house so we can do all the things. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know everyone is on Shopify, but purely because it's so easy, it's just plug and play. It's just like, you know, it's like creating a Gmail account. You can just go ahead and start and do everything, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's the thing. Um, about drop shipping, uh, are you talking about RMX kind of a business like Shop and Ship? Yeah, and also the opposite to what you do. So basically, you never see the product last small delivery. You just do the marketing online, and the and the product has been shipped from uh, China to someone's house. Like you no, so we don't do that. Honestly, I think we are not able to do that. You know, there are a lot of businesses here which have become now fulfillment center with the last mile, but we don't use them is because uh, 
uh, you know, like think about it. If you are going to pack, okay, uh, an item, okay, and just think about it. So it's an eyeliner which comes in three different shades and three different types. Uh, I can give you a very good example. Like Anastasia Bravely Hills has brow products, okay. Now it's a brow pencil called Brow Wiz. It's got a brow gel which is a liquid. It's got a gel base in a pot, and it's got which is their new this thing which is a brow pen. Now, if you are packing this, let me tell you, the customer would end up getting something wrong. You know, yeah. that's the reason we don't use uh, fulfillment centers is because I feel, uh, you know, every item is not barcoded, but it has to be particularly the yeah. item shades and everything could get a mistake. So that's the reason we pack them ourselves. But it works. You know what? I have a friend who's doing a certain type of business and, you know, it's working for him. It's yeah. really working for him. It's really interesting because it kind of relates uh, the choices that you make around technology, which is using some uh, SaaS products like uh, the payment gateway that's there or the Magento plus building your own and having that direct customer contact and shipping yourself. It seems to unpacking yourself. It seems to work really well as it complements uh, what you're doing really well. Um, yeah. It's just really interesting because other people can find different solutions for, for what setup they do. Uh, suddenly now we're running through, running out of time. I want to talk. I want to talk more about uh, entrepreneurship and um, the challenges and the kind of things that you, you've gone through. You mentioned uh, your previous boss, also a female entrepreneur. Um, how how do you see that? Is it difficult to be a female entrepreneur in in the tech space? Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. You know, it's uh, I can see so much of growth, and I think everyone is supporting female entrepreneurs so much. And I only want to tell everyone that, you know, we don't need empowerment. We need inspiration. You know, don't uh, think that we need help and we need support. You know, we need support. No, what we really need is inspiration. Inspire us. Tell us that you're with us. You know, tell us that, uh, you know, I am a very strong believer that women can rule the world. Yeah. And uh, if ever was given me an opportunity, I would make sure every company has female entrepreneurs and it's run by a female entrepreneur. But also that, you know, uh, women also have this, uh, you know, I think the reason why women, uh, you know, entrepreneurs are, are slightly less visible is because they self-doubt a lot. I think women have the self-doubt. They start doubting themselves. They start, you know, thinking, oh, am I doing this the right way? Will a male boss be able to do this better than a female boss? And I want to tell these women that, listen, you can do it fantastically. If you can give birth to babies and if you can bear children, you can do anything. You can literally run the world. And I am a very strong believer of it. And I also write this, you know, I'm a member at this Facebook group. And I always keep telling women that you will not know you're going to float or drown sitting on the shores. So take the plunge, jump in. And I know for sure human instinct, especially female instinct will kick in and you will, you know, will be able to swim through it. Amazing. I can't think of a better way to end the conversation. Neelam Kaswani, founder of Glamazal, thank you so much for sharing. Wishing you a very happy new year. And I'm definitely personally going to follow your story and your company because it's very inspiring. Thank you so much. And happy new year to everyone. You know, may the 2021 be as awesome as, you know, we can ever, I would say it should be the best year that everyone has ever seen. You know, let's start 2021 with a big bang.
Love it. Uh, uh, brilliant. Yeah, we, we'll all look forward to the year ahead. Thank you very much. All right. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching the final Dubai Works episode of 2020. I think you'll agree that that was a great episode and a great interview to finish on. Really inspiring. And how positive Neelam was about the year ahead. The best year ever uh, for humanity, basically, is what we have in store. So a lot to be positive about. If you enjoyed listening to this, there's a lot more of Dubai Works episodes on Smashy.tv. You can subscribe for the year. And you, of course, you can listen to all the other interviews we do in Arabic on the Smashy Interviews podcast. Uh, we have a Smashy Daily News show for all the entrepreneurs and the driven dreamers doers across the region. Uh, on top of that, there are two other podcasts I want to mention that we produce. One is the Love and Daily Show, the Love and Dubai News Show every day, uh, which often has interviews with influencers and things that are happening throughout the city. And for those in Saudi Arabia and who prefer listening to Arabic podcasts, there's also the Love and Saudi Daily Show. Uh, so that's it from us for this year. Happy New Year, everyone. That's it for another episode of Dubai Works. Thank you so much for listening and please leave a review on the podcast platform that you're listening to. It really helps with organic searches. Also, if you'd like to appear on Dubai Works or know someone who has an inspiring business story in Dubai, please do get in touch on any of the smashy social platforms.